0: Well, I wonder if anybody's ready to hear the word this morning. Amen. I'm ready to deliver it. I have a message that I think uh, you're going to love the title, and the entitled message is Re-entering the House of God. Amen. How many think it's time to get back to the house of God? Amen. I'm I'm excited about it, looking forward to it. I do want to say this. It's not uh, reopening the church. Because we've never closed down. We've been active all along. We've been having church all along. So it's not a reopening, it is a re-entering. We have not taken this season of COVID as a season of survival, but we have taken it as a season of revival, a season to rethink and to re-energize and to become better. For the Lord Jesus Christ to bring glory to God, amen? To be better in terms of being the church he wants us to be. Can I get an amen? So I say to you, get ready for revival. I'm expecting it. Don't put your focus on the mechanics of how we re-enter. And yes, there are some mechanics to that, if you will. Uh, But what I want you to put your focus on is the God of revival the God of the one who re-energizes, that, that uh, returns us to the place that we need to be in him. Amen. I, If you put your focus on the plans and the procedures and all of the different details that's involved in, in regards to coming back to church, I, 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 uh, I think there's a good chance you could get caught up in some fear when you get too deep in the grass, too deep in the weeds of the details it can cause fear. And if you get caught up in fear, now hear hear me good. I love y'all. Y'all know that. If you get caught up in fear, it might be a sign you actually haven't matured as much in the Lord as you think you have. The Bible teaches us in 1 John 4, verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment or with the negative. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. That word perfect there means matured. The one who fears has actually not matured in understanding the love of God in their life. So I love how it starts there is no fear in love. There's no, there's no gray area that, well, it's okay to have some. No, there is no fear in love. And so if you, as I begin to share some things with you today... And we're going to do a little bit of a word study to start out here and get some Bible in and some talking about a couple of things. But I'm also going to share with you some of the plans and procedures that we uh, are going to put into place. They're actually already enacted and put into place, but especially for this next Sunday when we reenter the house of God. Come on, somebody. It's happening. Amen. So in our plans uh, for coming back to church there is an overarching vision. And quite frankly, that vision is about dispelling fear. Really, that's why I started talking about fear, and I'm going to talk about fear a little bit more, because the overarching vision of coming back to church is about chasing fear out the building, dispelling fear in the hearts of people. To such a degree Why would I want to dispel fear? Just so you're uh, happy-go-lucky, easy, free? No, no, no. Dispel fear in such a way and to such a degree that our hearts and our minds are wide open to the Word of God and wide open to the move of the Holy Spirit. You see, if you have fear, if you have apprehension, if there is uncertainty, the enemy has a great way of keeping you focused there and distracted from the things that are eternal and to your eternal benefit. Amen. Amen. And and what you know what we want your comeback experience to be such that you'll want to come back again and that you'll want to engage even more. And so we are working diligently as a team here to put together a system that will make this environment here in your church be not just feel like not just seem but be a safe and healthful place to come worship God. Amen. So that being said, I, don't, I, just, I just don't think there's any room whatsoever for us to allow fear to capture our hearts or to consume our minds. And fear's rampant, y'all. Look at, I mean, good grief. I'm, I don't even want to encourage you to look to the news because it'll cause you to fear. <laughs> but you, all you got to do is look to the news and you'll see everywhere everybody really is reacting in fear and apprehension and uncertainty. And there is no fear in the love of God. Amen. So as I wrote this segment of my message being that I love to study words, uh, I, I, you know I just wrote this question, and I just kind of write as things are happening, well, what is fear anyway? So that's the journey we're going to take for a few minutes before I get into some of the practicalities of re-entering. What is fear, anyway? Fear. Are you ready? A distressing emotion aroused by impending danger, whether the threat is real or imagined. I didn't make that up. That's from the dictionary. Whether the threat is real or imagined. Now, I like to not only look at the word that I'm studying, but some of the synonyms and antonyms of a specific word. So let's take a look at some synonyms of the word fear. Now, synonyms often come in two grammatical forms. I know I'm not an English teacher, so bear with me. Nouns, verbs, and, 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 and in other ways as well. But I'm going to, for the sake of us all being together, let's, what is a noun? Well, a noun describes a person, place, or thing. An example sentence might be, he showed a lot of fear in the face of danger. And in that case, fear is actually a noun that describes the person. Now, let's look at some synonyms. You might want to write some of these down because I'm going to bet that s- although some of you have said, I have no fear, you've felt some of these synonyms agitation, rut row, as Scooby Doo would say, rut row, agitation, anxiety, despair. I'm saying them slow because I want them to sink in. Despair, doubt, dread. Jitters, uneasiness and worry. That's just to name a few. There was a whole list of synonyms as it related to the word fear. Uh, the Greek word for fear is Phobos, and it's where we get our English word phobia. and I want you to hear the definition of phobia. Remember the definition of fear was whether it was a real threat or an imagined threat. Listen to the word the definition of the word phobia. A persistent, you ain't gonna like this. Irrational fear. That leads to a compelling desire to avoid it. Okay? Maybe bees. How many of you have ever had a have a phobia of bees? Uh, and for the most part, I mean I've been have had a phobia of bees for years. I've gotten over it. My wife will tell you that I don't run out of the house and send her in the house to take care of the bee anymore. Okay, <laughs> I don't mind killing the bee, but you know my irrational fear of bees came from a childhood event when I was probably about Declan's age when a bunch of red wasp went down the back of my shirt and just stung the dickens out of me. And so for all of my life, I had an ir- I never. I might have gotten stung once again in all those years. It's been a lot of years, y'all. Uh, but it was. It was an irrational fear with a compelling desire to avoid it. How about spiders? <laughs> one of my brothers, a couple of brothers raising their hands right here today, saying, yep, 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 spiders, snakes, other things. But you know what Second Timothy chapter one verse seven says? For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. There is no fear in love. So if we're going to look at the synonyms of a word, I think it's important that we also look at a couple of the antonyms. An antonym is simply an opposite, an opposite of the word. Now, we're going to look at that again in in the context of a noun. In a minute or so, we're going to look at it in context of a verb. I know you're thinking, this is some unusual preaching because he's teaching me a grammar lesson. Bear with me, I got a lot of details to get through. So, uh, in the context of a noun, the, op- the opposite or antonym of fear is bravery, courage, fearlessness. Oh, and I love this next one heroism. Praise God. I wonder are there any heroes here at Resurrection Life Church? I wonder if I can get a witness toward that. Now, the word fear not only is, comes in the form of a, a noun, it also comes in the form of a verb, and a verb is a word that denotes action or it denotes a state of being. An example sentence might be, he has a morbid fear of spiders, okay? So that's the description. Let me give you some of the synonyms of that word. Now you, what, Pastor, why are you doing this? Because some of you are going to have some of these attitudes or mindsets as it Relates to re entering the house of God, and we understand that. And it is our goal in reopening, if you want, I don't want to use that word re entering, that we dispel the fear and give you uh, a, a place, an environment that is not just seemingly safe, but is safe so that there's no uh, imagined threat. <laughs> But that there's this is actually a safe and healthful environment to enter. Some of the synonyms for the verb uh, fear, flinch, fret. Here's one, lose courage, wilt, and worry. Now there were a few antonyms, very few antonyms, of uh, the verb. But the one antonym that meant the most was. Brave. I wonder, are there any brave heroes (laughs) here at Resurrection Life Church? You see how the word study led me to a point. Sometimes we have to be brave heroes when we go into the face of real or imagined danger, and that's what I'm encouraging you to do: is to be a brave hero as we re-enter the house of God. See, I am looking forward to carrying Resurrection Life Church through the power of the Holy Spirit, not on my shoulders. I'm just a man standing in a position in an office that is empowered by the power of the Holy Ghost. But I'm looking to carry this church forward into its vision, into the kingdom, and advancing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm looking forward to doing that with some brave heroes. Not chicken-hearted people, brave heroes. What do chicken hearted people do? Even at an imagined threat, run. Huh? I think I saw a bee. Ah! You know? No, 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 no. We don't want to do that. I wonder if I can get a witness from anybody. But what does it take to be a brave hero? Well, it takes a willingness to take a risk. That's for sure. It takes a willingness to take a risk, especially when it might ask you to put it all on the line for a brother and sister. Are you all hearing me this morning? uh, It has taken some bravery on my part to make some of the decisions that I've had to make as it relates to coming back, to reentering entering do I? Don't I? When's the date? When's the right date? How far do I go? How, I mean, the list goes on with the potential fear <laughs> of decision making. But I've chosen that because of the power of the Holy Spirit, that for the sake of Jesus Christ and to bring glory to my God, I'm going to be a brave hero, at least in this setting, for the Lord's glory. I'm still the guy that flinches at a bee, though, okay? You <laughs> get a bee in my truck, I'm lapped to go across the field. Anything could happen. Uh, and it's going to take some bravery. It's taken some bravery to have to make some of the decisions that I've had to make during this COVID, de- uh, COVID season. And I believe that it's going to take some bravery and maybe even some heroism for some people to feel safe in coming back. I know this is true because the polarity of people—people people who have just learned about faith, people who have had faith all of their life—and I got people over in this section who are saying, "I'm not, I'm not ready to come back yet," or people over here on this side who are going, "You know, don't care what the governor says, let's get back." So somewhere in the mix of that, I have to make decisions. For our church. And I know that those decisions don't always make everyone happy. Um, and I've told you all since the beginning of me coming here to pastor that God did not call me to make you happy. <laughs> he didn't call me to make you sad, but I have to make decisions sometimes that aren't pleasing to men. But I tell you what, I choose to do all that I can right or wrong, and I will make some mistakes. You can count on it. There may be some of you watching right now, oh yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. I remember that one, I remember that one. Listen, I'm gonna make mistakes because I'm just a man. But I'm a man whose heart is after God. And I'm gonna do my best to please God and to not please man. I wish I could get a witness from somebody. That being said, we want to make your comeback, your re-entering, a, 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 a powerful comeback experience. and We want that comeback experience to be a safe one for you, where you know that you can come in here and, and, and enter a safe and healthful environment. Uh, in our plans for re-entering, uh, I have a two-fold overarching vision, so I've kind of spoken the word to you to encourage you in the word now i'm just basically going to lay down some details for you because i want you all to have not just a a, a, a picture but an understanding and vision for what it's going to look like when you re-enter which is going to be next week by the way <laughs> hallelujah next sunday we're going to re-enter and it really is a different environment It's going to be different here in the sanctuary than it was the last time you were here. And for some, change is incredibly difficult. In fact, change invokes fear, fear of change. But there is no fear in the love of God. Amen? Praise the Lord. So it's going to look different. Let me share with you, and I want to do my best to kind of stay on point with this and read a couple of things to you. Uh, here's my twofold uh, vision for re-entering. Help those that attend have a great reentering experience. To extend an assurance that they are entering a safe environment that will be respectful to each person's space. Friends, that part right there is unbelievably critical to how we come back. because, you see, We could, the far end of this is we could come back wearing masks and gloves, taking your temperature at the door, making sure there are X's on the floor so you stay six feet apart, telling you where to sit and where you can't sit, but hello, we ain't the government and we're not the Gestapo and this ain't prison, so there has to be some freedom and there has to be some liberty in the house of God. Can I get a witness? So we have to learn how to respect each other's space. I was with Declan, uh, a, a lot of my family members this week, and I was talking about Declan, and I was making some statement about uh, space and respecting another person's space. I think I was actually trying to teach him not to go into the neighbor's dock or the neighbor's property. And I said, uh, Declan, if I got all up in your face Would you be comfortable with me being all up in your space? And he went, no. I said, that's what I'm talking about, respecting a person's space. The other part, I just elaborated a little bit. Another part of the written vision is to create an atmosphere of connection while maintaining, I know you're not going to like this part, but I'll, 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 I'll paint it pretty here in just a minute. While maintaining social distancing, according to a person's comfort level. Some people are gonna come in next Sunday and they could care less about social distancing. In fact, they're like coming, I'm ready for my hug! Some people are gonna come in and may recoil when you try to hug them or to shake their hand. And how would we respect a person's space? Well, the way I look at it, uh, I, I went to a brother this morning And I kind of stood six feet away. He extended his hand. Well, there's my signal. Come on in. Give me a handshake. Give me a hug. Or maybe I could have said to him, are you okay with a hug or would you prefer I keep my distance? Listen, if that brother were to say to me, keep your distance, I don't need to be offended at that. I need to respect his space. And this is how we're going to maintain social distancing when we re-enter by respecting each other's space and that leads me to number two no shaming no shaming no shame to those who want to stay at home and no shame to those who want to come to church no shaming no shame to those who come in the door wearing a hazmat suit and gas mask for crying out loud and no shaming to those who don't it's not about shame. No shaming whatsoever. We're going to do our best to be Jesus to each and every person. Where? Right where they're at. If a person comes in here and says, I, I'm a little uncomfortable, so I'm still wearing the mask and I'm still wearing the gloves, I, I just I pray that not a single one of you roll your eyes at that person. And those of you who want to come in wearing your mask and wearing your gloves, that's your choice. And we're okay with that Don't roll your eyes at those who don't. And let's respect each other's space. My good brother Jonathan in our leadership meeting the other night, he said, well, Pastor Rick, I've seen you prophesy over people before and call them up for laying on of hands. How are you going to handle that? I said, if the Holy Spirit gets on me and and invites me to invite someone forward, we're probably going to have a distance between each other, and I'm going to ask that person, is it okay if I lay my hand on you? If they say no, I'm just going to extend my hand and pray over them just like I was laying my hand on them, and God is going to honor that. Why? Because there's no fear in love. I wish somebody would praise the Lord. (coughs) So no shaming. Excuse me, got to get a drink. I didn't know there would be some anointing in reading the procedures and plans. <clears throat> so what I'd like to do for a few minutes is to give you an idea of what things may look like when you return, what things you can expect from us, and what things we would like to expect from you. And we're going to return in four different phases. Each of those phases will be a little bit more open Uh, A little bit more of the church facility will be open, a few more of the ministries will open over the phases, and some of the other auxiliary services will begin to open over each of the phases. We're developing a a new ministry team that's called the Family Guest Services Team, and they're going to be doing a number of different things. Just to list a few, well, one of their primary functions is to make sure the place is clean and sanitized. They're going to be holding the doors open for you when you enter and when you exit. And we are going to have specific doors open for entering and specific doors open for exiting. And we ask you to respect that. As much as we are going to respect you and wherever you're at in this mix, we ask you to as well respect and honor the procedures and plans that we're putting in place. Uh, There's going to be some people that are going to help you be seated. They're not going to tell you where to sit. They're gonna help you be seated. What we're asking you to do is be respectful of another person's space. If there's a person sitting down, before you sit right next to them or within six feet, ask them if it's okay. And if they say yeah, well then have a seat. If they say no, then stay six feet away. So we want to continue to honor the social distancing protocols without mandating to you A rule and a regulation when you come in the house of God. That's been important to me. I did not want to even consider re entering if there was a set of rules and regulations about how you enter, because this is a place of freedom. This is a place of liberty, and there's no room for fear in the house of God. Come on, somebody. So we want you to have, uh, we're going to do everything in our power. This team. The family guest services team is going to do everything in in their power to help you feel comfortable and safe. Why? So you don't spread something? No. So you don't get something? No. So that you're free to worship the Lord knowing that you are in a safe and healthy environment. Uh, When you come in, now this is an important one right here. When you come in, you're going to find cameras positioned differently in the room than they were positioned the last time you came here. What you're also going to find that you uh, see, I should say, that you may find distracting is, because I did, (laughs) I had to get over it. You might too. But anyway, uh, you're going to find crew members that are moving around and doing different things during the service. And that's going to be very unusual to you. And it's going to take something for you to get acclimated to that. You may hear our production manager, which is Cole Emery, because he's giving instructions to each one of the camera crew, and he has to speak to them in order to do that. Now, they do have headsets on and microphones, so it's not like he's hollering, but I remember a couple of times when early on in this, and when I was preaching, and I could hear the team back there talking, and I went back there and said, you've got to stop that. Stop talking while I'm preaching. And it's distracting me for crying out loud. And I, I think, Cole, I came back maybe, what, a couple days later I went, I'm sorry. I realize you can't do your job well if you don't talk to your team. So you talk, I'll get over myself. <laughs> and I've learned to get over myself. Uh, one of the things you, were, you will hear called out pretty loudly is they give me a countdown to certain things. For example, we're still going to be doing the live stream service. And yes, we're all going to be here, but that live stream service is still very important as an online outreach to many hundreds of people. And you need to remember that because of the work that this team is doing, we're reaching as many as 400 and sometimes even more every week because of what's happening in the live streaming. So our online outreach is critically important to us. And I remember just a few minutes ago, right after the children's video, which by the way, we're gonna to continue to do the children's video during the service. At, uh, I think at five minutes, he hollered, five minutes! Well, that rang all over the room. It's going to happen when you're here. Don't be distract- distracted by it. And I know it'll take some time. And then he hollered out, three minutes! And then he hollered out, one minute! And then he hollered out, 30 seconds! Then he hollered out, five, four, three, which gave me a cue. We're back on broadcast and we're speaking to our live audience. I'm not going to be asking them to stop doing those things during our service. It's important for us to do those things to present a great service, optically and in terms of audio, to those who are part of the online outreach. I know it's gonna take some difficulty getting used to it, but I want to encourage you to not allow yourself to be distracted too much. Anytime that you're distracted, I want you to remind yourself of the number of people who are being reached today that aren't in the room. The number of people who are hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ who aren't sitting either next to you or six feet away. If you'll keep your mind set, on how many people are hearing the gospel of jesus christ and are being forever changed by that gospel i think it will deter your your distraction remind yourself of that for a season we're not going to be passing the offering basket we're going to continue to encourage online giving now i i already know this church can do online giving pretty well because quite frankly in the average of this whole thing, from the time we went on stay at home rules till today, we have been on budget every single week. I wish somebody praised the Lord for that. Amen. And pre- predominantly, and I don't know the percentage, but the greatest percentage of that is online giving. So we're going to continue to encourage online giving. However, we're also going to set up a giving station. Right here, it'll be just behind the sound booth, and there'll be a place there where there'll be a basket, there'll be a table with giving envelopes, there will be a guest services team member that'll be standing by, and you're able to take care of your tithe and offering before church or after church, but during the service while we're all here we won't be passing the basket, we'll be doing basically what you saw online today. And so we're going to do everything to make that a comfortable thing for you as well and a safe and friendly environment. Here's another thing that may cause distractions. It's a four-letter word. Starts with K. And it's kids. <laughs> we're going to do a thing called family church. Now that ought to be an easy thing for us to wrap our heads around because one of our core values is celebrating families. So the idea of having family church just stokes my fire. And guess what? Kids are going to be in the service with us. And I re- listen, and I know there are some parents that are going to say, well, I, I, I don't want to come when I have to have my kids in the service with everybody. It's okay. It's all right. Just connect online and have a great time. Why are they in here? Because we're not opening our children's ministry just yet. And so, yeah, is it possible that they may, get distra- they may get distracted and be a distraction? Yeah, but just like I had to get over Rick as it related to dealing with my, my, my camera crew, we may just have to get over ourselves a little bit to incorporate family in a deep and meaningful way. Hey, listen, I've been up at the lake house with my my mom and Miss Betty and Diane and uh, Emily and her five and Erica and Andy and her there four, and uh, listen, it was a distracting few days, okay? <laughs> so we can get over ourselves for an hour. I think we can do that. I think we can do it. I think we can do it. Oh, I, my kids are watching today as well. I love y'all. I'll be there to fish with you in a little while. Praise God. Uh, so I said we're doing it in, in four different phases. Phase one is going to start from June 14th, and it'll run through July 5th. Pause. This whole thing has been fluid on a daily basis. So everything that I'm sharing with you could change at any time. But we're, so we're doing our best to have a solid, firm ground to start with. So I want to read a few of the guidelines as it relates to each of the phases. Uh, phases, excuse me. The first one is about the vulnerable, or those who have a compromised immune uh, system or are currently sick. If you fit into any of those categories, we're gonna, we're, we're not going to tell you that you cannot attend, but we're asking you to not attend, you should not attend. If you are a high risk person, at least through these phases, remember I said each of the phases will increase more in terms of our liberties and our freedoms in doing things. So I know that we have a lot of the vulnerable out there right now that are just dying for their church hug. And uh, man, I, 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 I have sympathy in that and I'm looking forward to hugging you as well. So if you're a vulnerable, high-risk person in, in relationship to your immune system or you're currently sick, um, then we're asking, uh, basically it says this, that should not attend. Um, uh, we're going to have limited ministries. As I said, there'll be no children's ministry, no nursery, no cafe. Well, you, you, might, you might say, well, what if i got to take my kids out? We're going to set up some couches out in the uh, foyer area out here because the back half of the building will be closed off. And we're going to set up some couches, some furniture there, where if you need to take your kids out during the service, you can go back there and be comfortable and, and be with them. And and I think uh, one of the other people asked, well, what about nursing mothers? Are you going to open up the nursing mother's room? I said, we're not going to open up the back section of the building. It might be an unfortunate inconvenience for a short period of time that nursing mothers may have to go to um, the bathroom or maybe to their vehicles, or whatever they're comfortable with. Um, and so, um, yeah, we're doing everything we can to bless you. There'll be no cafe uh, during that time, so we won't be serving coffee. As I said, I already told you what the uh, protocol is as it relates to physical contact. Uh, we want you, to, No, I'm just going to put it this way, no hugs or handshakes unless you ask for permission. Just ask for permission. You don't need to be afraid to ask. Can I hug you? And if they say no, don't go, well, fine. No, just say, cool, you know, I love you. Can't wait to hug you, you know, kind of thing. And so we're going to encourage the social distancing. Uh, What we're also going to do in relationship to fellowship is when service is over, we're going to encourage you to exit the facility. And we can certainly uh, have a lot of fellowship out in the parking lot, and we still want to encourage you to maintain the social distancing protocols. As I said, the back half of the facility will be closed. We are set up for the potential of overflow. Should we reach a certain capacity within the sanctuary as it relates to social distancing um, uh, protocols, we we have plans for an overflow area that yes, will be in the back half, but we have that all mapped out and planned and those overflow attendees will be dismissed um, first. That's phase one, uh, kind of in a nutshell. We, we have a document that uh, is being finalized right now that has all of the minutia and little details that's related to this, that we're going to be making that available online this week. Don't know exactly which day, but very, very quickly and then it'll also be available to be sent by mail to those who don't have uh, online capabilities. Phase two, y'all with me still? You haven't started scrolling to someplace else, have you? You're still hanging in there? All right, hang in with us. Uh, phase two is July 12th through August 2nd. Same uh, guidelines apply for the vulnerable. Uh, same guidelines apply for uh, physical contact we're going, to tr- we're going to consider doing something a little bit differently. Did I tell you the date? Yeah, July 12th through August 2nd. We're going to consider doing something a little bit different as it relates to fellowship. We're going to consider having some kind of mobile curbside cafe service for out uh, in the parking lot primarily, and we're going to set up some of the tall boy uh, pedestal tables and chairs in the main foyer area out here, but we are asking that the the bulk of your fellowship take place as best as weather can permit it for us uh, out in the parking lot. Um, The other things still stand as it relates to um, social distancing protocols and overflow, et cetera. Phase three. Everybody say phase three. All right, wake up. Just clap. Go ahead and clap just to wake up. Come on. I know I'm not preaching all excited right now, but uh, phase three is August 9 through August 30th. And by the way, remember, this stuff could change on a dime. And one of the things that we have made a a commitment to is to be ready to pivot at a moment's notice. Literally, after our service on the 14th, I got a team that's going to meet. We're going to discuss things that worked, things that didn't work, and we're going to be ready to pivot at a moment's notice. And I hope that you'll appreciate that flexibility. Phase three is going to be the same... Uh, protocols for uh, the vulnerable at that time in phase three we're going to consider children's ministry obviously that will be based on what's happening uh, in in our country and in our state Um, we're going to continue with the same social distancing protocols and that is as i said just ask for permission to hug Uh, and we're also going to consider having the cafe open uh, during that time frame um, so, bear with us. All right, you ready for phase four? Because this is what I'm getting to. Phase four, September 6th, all services. And, oh, I wish somebody would get ready to shout. All services open. All ministries open. Full operations and fully functioning. Back to church. Come on, somebody. Give the Lord a praise. Amen. Amen. Now let me bring you back down again. Because this is my notes in in bold. Any of this is subject to change at a moment's notice. We have to be willing to flex and adjust and pivot. Number one, to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Number two, to make sure that you stay safe, you stay healthy and that you have an environment to come worship in where your mind isn't wrapped up in what may or may not happen. That's, That's important. So, as I get ready to close, in all of this, I want you to know that we are doing our best to walk in the path we believe the Lord has given us. None of this has been done with overnight decisions. I have been... Deeply prayerful, um, well-studious, looking at articles, hearing things, listening to my mentors from both Dr. Barclay's camp and Pastor Dwayne's camp. This isn't like I ate a pizza one night and woke up in the morning and said, we ought to do all this. No, this came with a lot of thought and a lot of prayer, so we're doing our best. Give us some grace, (laughs) y'all. I'm just going to ask you, give us some grace cuz we're probably going to we're going to have hiccups along the way. There'll be a few wrinkles as our team, our guest services team figures everything out, especially on the 14th. So give us some grace to learn our way through this as you're learning your way. We're going to do our best to dispel apprehension and to dispel fear. We're going to do our best to make sure that you have the assurance that you can enter a safe safe, and healthy environment. We are doing our best. This is important. This is probably one of the most important things to me. We're doing our best to make that sure that no one is shamed for any reason whatsoever. None. And since I'm going to offer you that grace, would you offer me that grace as well? Amen. We're going to do our best to respect each other's space. And why would we do all this? I have said this for years, and you all know it. I don't owe you nothing but one thing. I know you're What? what the what? Where's he going now? I only owe you one thing, an encounter and an experience with Jesus Christ. That is all that I owe you. I'm going to love you all. I don't mean that to be mean, but I'm not here to make you happy. I'm here to make sure you have an opportunity to have an encounter and an experience with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So why would we do all that? Number one reason. So you'd have an encounter and an experience with the blessed Lord Jesus. Why would we do all this? So we can help you be free to encounter the manifest presence of God in a miraculous way listen we're not coming back to church just so we can come back to church we're having church pretty good right now i'm telling you we're coming back to church so people can have a manifested demonstrated experience with the holy spirit of god that absolutely turns your life upside down refits you and makes you who you're supposed to be in jesus christ amen Why would we do this? So that you can leave this building knowing that you had an audience with the creator of the universe. I love that phrase. I've been saying it for years. What an audacious goal to consider that we can have an audience with the creator of the universe. Yes, that's right. We can have an appointment with the one who spoke and the worlds and the planets were created. We can have an appointment with the one that breathed life and man became a living being. Amen. Amen. And he takes the time to give us that audience with him. What a cool thing. Why would we do all this? So you can become a disciple of Jesus Christ and truly be on the journey to living the life that you're born to live. I'm just going to ask if you can believe it and if you can receive it, would you give the Lord some praise? Amen. As I said, we're going to make the full document of these plans and procedures available to you uh, online, probably on our website. Our team is currently working on that so that you can simply go to our website, probably to the uh, COVID update uh, banner and click that banner, and you'll be able to receive all of these. All of you who are regular church attenders here, I'm asking that you go and you read that, because I want you to know what is expected of you and what you can expect from us. Um, And then we'll also make sure that that's available to any of you all who currently don't have the online capabilities. We want to make sure that that's communicated with you as well. I pray that... It blesses you that we are at least re-entering. Those of you who say, I don't want to come back yet. I don't feel safe yet. No shaming. It'll happen in your time and in God's time in your life. And it's all right. It's okay. And so uh, I pray that the Lord will bless you in that. What I do encourage you, though, in is that you don't walk in fear. Don't let fear consume you don't let this become a phobia that's what the that's what happens in the media and with all the news and everything that's happening the enemy wants the enemy really wants the house of god and the children of god to react in fear because then he knows he can get them to do everything in life based on their fears and apprehensions and not on their faith we're not going to be a people that dance to the, to satan's fear music we're going to be a people that march to God's faith movement. Can I get an amen from somebody? We love you. I'd ask you just for a moment to bow your head with me. I want to give you an opportunity to accept Christ into your heart. Just bow your head with me for a minute. Right there where you're at, whether you're out at the park, outside, in the backyard, living room, bedroom, kitchen, car, wherever. Just bow your head with me for a minute. I'm going to ask you to repeat a prayer with me. Here we go. Heavenly Father, I come to you today in the name of Jesus Christ. I give you my fears and my apprehensions. Help me, Lord, to walk in faith. Dear Jesus, I want to be one of the brave heroes at Resurrection Life Church. Thank you, Lord, for my church and my pastor who are trying to help me be all that I can be in you. Forgive me of my sins. Help me to be more like you. I receive you into my heart this very day, this very moment. In Jesus' name, amen. If you responded to that altar call, I'm going to ask you to right there on your YouTube, hit the little emoji tab and raise your hand. That raised hand signifies I responded. And we're just going to pray with you and believe with you and just hope God's best for you. We thank you so much for tuning into this service today and being a part of our service. So thankful. I pray that you've been blessed. I pray that you've experienced the presence and the anointing of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray that you'll continue to march forward with us into our tomorrows to be everything that God has called us to be as a church. I speak blessings over you. I speak Psalm 91, safety and preservation over you in the name of Jesus. Be salt, be light, Keep your nose in the book, keep your knees bent to heaven, and stay connected to the body of Christ. I call you blessed.